What's going on, everybody? Welcome back in for another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast here on May 2nd. We're starting a new month, but we had some news at the end of April, along with some breaking news today. We will cover those along with a couple more interests and some other stuff around the Valley. I'm Nick Malandro by Noah Lurch, as always. No, like I said, at the end of April, we came out, we had some news, some out-of-nowhere news, I would say, uh, and we have some little insight into that. Uh, and then like we had a commitment today, and we'll jump into him as well. But what's going on? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a crazy start to the month here, or end of April going into this month, um, with the news coming out uh, last Thursday that Stephen Verplankton entering the portal. Um, little insights that it was more on, on the own of his ins on his own that they uh, kind of brought the uh, caught the staff as a surprise. And uh, but we had a new guy here today, so uh, we're gonna dig deep into that. And uh, it's a good day so far. Yeah, let's start out with Stephen. You're right, it was we actually were golfing that day, and uh, it was blindsided. You mentioned some things that it was kind of on his own. We just recall we've been talking constantly how if the, if the main account posts workout videos whether on the court or in the weight room that that means guys really aren't going to be leaving if guys aren't there that means they're gone and that wasn't really the case either because Dalton was in the next one he wasn't in the first one and Steven's been in both of them and you just mentioned that he did it on his own so I wonder what could have been the deciding factor here which it's interesting because as also fighting Illini fans we're aware that uh, Benjamin Bosman's Verdonk, who is friends with Steven. Um, it's just it's just kind of crazy time. We know we, we were at the football game uh, this past season, saw him there with Steven. And obviously they're friends, and they went into the portal in back-to-back days. But Noah, seeing Steven enter in his own, I wonder, and we'll talk about the one we added today, we just, uh, but how knowing that he was going to be a main cog once again. And I wonder what could have – been the deciding factor here seemed bought in and almost like he just flipped the switch whether him and Benjamin had anything to do with it they're not going to go to the same place and we'll and we'll dive into lists uh or a list that Steven's of teams he's heard from already but no this was blindsided and on his own and even the, the team's blindsided apparently and obviously they had to make some switches and maybe the one today is because of that but no two open spots as we know um and you mentioned something on Steve. What's your opinion on Steven? Like we said, he's he was going to be a main cog when we tweeted at him. He was one of our favorites. Uh, and we'll get to a tweet he said with us and all, some other uh, players on the team wishing him well. No, that this is kind of it was kind of crazy hearing all that. Yeah, it's uh, it brought me to it hit me off guard too. Caught me off guard. I mean, I thought this guy. I mean, obviously, uh, we. Probably, I know himself, but the team and fans expected more out of him this year. Um, he didn't play up to the level of expectations. Um, he, I thought he could come in, bounce back, have a really good year. I thought he's up for a starting spot, especially way things were starting, the dominoes were starting to fall, that our list just kept gotten smaller. And he thought, well, there's nobody really on here that probably could start over him or was above him. Uh, once these lists have make, gotten smaller, and I thought Steven could come back here. Um, but what I what I was told that uh, maybe that uh, Steven never really felt comfortable at SIU. Uh, maybe it's because the type of play and the low scoring 
uh, that he never really got comfortable here. And this was just a, a recent decision by him and it caught everybody off guard. So uh, um, we wish him best of luck, but uh, we really could use, especially the type of player it is three and D that's what really what we need at that wing spot. Um, especially at his size, he's bigger than the guy we got today, but um going to miss him. Yeah. It, it, not being comfortable here is odd because he always seemed like he was 100% bought in, had a good time and he was bought in or that is the typical, like Saku was, I'm going to work out with you, but I'm leaving. You know, this was a spur of the moment thing for Steven that I don't know how the flip could just switch. Definitely an underwhelming year. It was a fairly consistent year for, you know, player standards that you're not really supposed to count on. That's just semi doing the right thing. And uh, obviously we need more from, as you said, and it's, it's weird because um, if he was, didn't feel comfortable and granted that might be in the flow of the offense, how we do, like, we know he's a great defensive player. So I think he would fit in, in that aspect and everything. It's like, knowing that whenever he – there was, I think, a couple games this past year that we know that he struggled shooting when he actually did shoot a lot, but he was forcing. We could all tell, we could all tell that. Um, but knowing that whenever he would get in the zone and we talk about the plays that he can make, make it every single time, that we honestly were holding him back, I think, offensively. We know he was coming in projected to be a point guard. He became a shooting wing, and it's exactly what we need in this moment – for that and because he's been familiar two years in that's why it stinks and we said that he's one of our favorites we talked to him at the open house and we did have a tweet about him uh you know because we understand the deadline for the portal was yesterday and we were tweeting how we didn't expect any other SIU players to enter and uh Stephen coming back to us said he's, he was thankful for the support that we showed him the last two years and we were hard on him this year and rightfully so and I as you said and he knows it. His teammates knew it, that they had to count on him more, and they didn't. They had to force him to, or tell him to shoot the ball and stuff. So, like I said, I think we might have been holding him back offensively, uh, knowing what he could do and how with ease he had it. That, well, obviously, Lance and Marcus are going to get the shots. We understand that. And when you get in the flow and cash, had a lot to do with offense and stuff. But uh, Trent said, my brother, roommate, and friend, go show how great you can be. Love you always. I don't believe – other players that I've seen anyway, that Peg Banks wished him well, uh, some, and some SIU fans, no other teammates, interestingly enough. Uh, but Noah, dive into the teams that have, that have been in on him since he entered. Yeah, it's like uh, like we mentioned that his friend Bosman, uh, we thought maybe that could have something to do with it, uh, but don't expect them to uh, land at the same spot. Um, no. But uh, – because some bigger schools have been in on uh, Bosman. But just looking at some of the guys or some of the schools in on Steven, uh, Illinois State, our, our in-conference rival, um, that would be interesting, um, building a new program up there. UIC also would be in-conference now, uh, transition. Uh, but teams like Winthrop, South Dakota State, Colorado State, both those two teams – or both those three teams are – uh, tournament programs, Montana, uh, Sienna, Chattanooga is another, even though they just haven't learned a new transition, and some other smaller schools um, like Alabama State, Bellarmine, Detroit Mercy. Um, pretty good list for Steven. Um, not sure where he'll end up. Hopefully it's somewhere 
that plays more of his more of his style. So uh, it'd be interesting. Yeah, and it's cool seeing those teams. Those seem like perfect, you know, mid-major caliber that he could go to. We mentioned that with Kyler that uh, Walford seemed perfect for him, and uh, heck, they could team up, I guess. But those are good schools, and I mean, even Colorado State sticks sticks out that you know David Roddy's in the uh, NBA process. He could come back and. I mean, he's good enough to play at those places, clearly, and you're right. I mean, him and Benjamin, we said earlier that they're not going in the same place, the difference there. It would have been cool if they would have figured out a way, even though Benjamin could even take a step down and be really good, but rightfully so, the interest he could get, he's not going to. We wish Stephen well, obviously, and you mentioned two Valley teams there. Obviously, if he goes there, we won't wish him well, uh, but I have a feeling he, he's not going to, unless, you know, you see it a lot. If people leave, they want to get back at their former team just in a way, and they and they won't do that. I don't think he, that's the kind of person he is. So, obviously, we wish him well overall. Um, like I said, tapped in a little bit more of his potential. We could have took off even more this year, but a lot of it was his doing as well. He should have took advantage of opportunities. But it was weird not seeing anyone else because everyone was tweeting about Kyler leaving, and no one's tweeting about Steven. And we know the door is always open to return. We never want to roll that out. But obviously, there's some punctuated ending remarks from him and everybody else and from us, clearly. So that ship has sailed. So, yeah, wish Steven well. He's one of our favorites and will forever be. We'll, we'll keep up with him. Obviously, all these former players, we keep up with what they do. So now, Noah, segueing into maybe losing him, knowing there were two spots and one spot just got filled today, uh, Jawan Newton. We know him from Evansville, and it's interesting as heck because we'll dive into how his pat, how this past season for him ended, and we were there to witness it ourselves. Uh, we'll dive into that. No, I'll get you going on it first. Jawan Newton, though, clearly we know he's been a scoring threat for Evansville for a long time, and uh, this one literally happened. You called me as soon as it happened. It happened within the last two hours. So thankfully we were able to get on here, and the main account just had some more uh, – Info regarding Jawan. No, let's dive into him because he's a grad transfer. We'll be here one year, um, and we're thinking he's going to come in here and obviously be pretty impactful. Yeah, six three guard um, out of out of El Paso, Texas. Um, you mentioned in our tweet today that uh, uh, reports was he picked us over his hometown team in UTEP. I do know they got uh, a guy we were in on a couple of years ago and Malik Zapper. Malik Zachary today. So um, he comes here. I mean, last year um, averaged 12.7 points a game, 5.4 rebounds, and, and just over assists a game. Uh, not a great three point shooter, but he shot it out at a 33% rate. Um, very, a really good free throw shooter, shot about 80%. Uh, his, his junior year was his best year. He averaged 13 and a half points a game. Um, but last year we know he was during that last stretch of the season, he was battling that undisclosed knee injury. And we, he tried to battle through it in that last game in arch madness. And he only lasted seven minutes. He took a couple tumbles. He just couldn't power through it, but he, that's the guy he is. He wants to play, um, play through injury and battle. He's battle tested. He's played in the Valley. So he knows what to expect. Uh, so this is a, uh, Good get offensively. He's an upgrade over Steven. Um, I went back and forth with it with some guys, but I don't think defensively is. He averaged right under a steal a game last year with about 0.8. Um, so uh, this is a 
pretty good get. This helps our scoring. That's where we struggled mostly. Yeah, I know. And that tumble you're referring to is, yeah, we were there watching those Thursday games and seeing him come in the game. I, mean, I think he either had – he had like uh, – like just sleeves, I guess, on his legs or something. Like, obviously, he had something that was taking care of it. And they were losing in that game, clearly, to Valpo. And him coming in, we were surprised. And then, yeah, he tried to do a little bit. And then, you're right, he took tumbles once. And then the second one, I think he tried to make a move, maybe turned it over. And then everyone else was going – Valpo was going on offense and a fast break, and he just fell. And, like, it looked pretty bad. And he fell, and then obviously he either got helped or was just hobbling back to the locker room and stuff. That was in the first half, and then at a halftime he came out in street clothes. So that's why we, we saw whenever we signed him, we're like, man, he just got hurt, and pretty bad injury, and especially if it's if he re-injured or obviously hurt even more the injury he had. It's like, I wonder what his timetable is. But I, obviously they would not make a move like this if he wasn't – healthy or couldn't be healthy by the start of the season. Heck, we even talk endlessly about Ben Harvey, obviously, and if he'll be ready and the spot that he'll be taking. So it is good, though. Yeah, we've recalled him over the years being a really good scorer, and it said that he was their leading rebounder. Um, so, I mean, yeah, obviously he was second scoring to uh, Shamar, but, I mean, rebounding, that's a big deal. I mean, if he'll go get it, and that is the difference between him and Steven is. Steven is hesitant and whether he was just scared in the flow of the offense, but whether Juwan is told to do certain things through the team, he'll be more likely to go get his points if the options there. He will not pass down an opportunity to score in the paint or shoot threes. He's definitely more of an offensive dog. He's not a good set shooter, I would I would think, but he's definitely more of a dog offensively. We've been talking about how we need more dogs. Uh, but you're right, defensively, I think I think we remember whenever Jawan was guarding certain people that he did an okay job. He's definitely not Stevens caliber. Um, and you're right, he's, he's a little smaller, but I think, like I said, he's got more dog than, to, him, to him than Stevens. So, yeah, and it lists, obviously, some games. He had a career 30-point game against Rice, back-to-back double-doubles against Akron and Eastern Illinois, averaged 14-4 and in the COVID-shortened season. I mean, he's had a really quality career, and we'll get to some quotes that he had here. Um, he had the same kind of post on his Twitter that uh, Xavier made. And Noah, that we're thinking, before we get into some quotes, let's dive into how he would fit into our current team. Obviously, we said, and even an SIU fan DM'd us this morning before this happened about, like, what we could do and what, you know, could be happening into next season. And we said that Jawan definitely – is getting looked at depending upon other things we looked at to start. We mentioned how the three guards set with Xavier Lance and uh, Jawan can definitely be threat. And with the three guards set and whatever we do with the four or five Marcus and whoever, probably JD, no, this would be a nice fit. I think next to those other guys, and they will be all lethal threats to score and can pass and get after you on defense. We're thinking obviously he can slide into that three spot for us. Yeah. Not sure. Exactly. Um, Depending on the final spot, obviously, if we fill it or not, or get that right, a uh, right guy to play there, um, or uh, like you and I've, you and I've been discussing, um, having a guy Jawan off the bench, um, obviously that that would be huge. A veteran guy, guy that can come in and uh, be able to give Xavier or Lance a break, uh, bringing him and Dalton off the bench for those two. Uh, 
the way the things have been falling, you and I discussed that probably right now who we would start, we would start Xavier, Lance, Marcus at the three, Troy at the four, and JD at the five probably right now. Um, Troy at that four spark, giving a little bit of a defense, and, and if he takes that next step, he can score a little bit. Um, but also now you could go smaller. You could have – because Lance and uh, Lance, I say all three of the guards could – they had to guard a bigger guy, but uh, Lance or Jawan now could guard that bigger wing-style player. But uh, probably going to have to go bigger with a uh, Troy at the four or something, especially with teams, especially what Missouri State doing, you'll have to go bigger. Yeah, and I think Troy – regardless earned a, you know a shot at starting potentially and and that's the thing we were dm'd about was uh how a starting spot was open with steven and we talked to that fan about Jawan, uh, but we also discussed how obviously it would open up a scholarship if they but obviously with Jawan only here a year we would have an open scholarship for 2023 depending upon if you obviously landed 2023 guys in the middle or latter half of the season, not just obviously next off season, because guys are already heading to places. You know, RJ Taylor's already at you and I a year ahead of schedule. Uh, so obviously it would have to be a decision during the season, but we're not going to have any open ones because obviously we'll get to some more interest that the teams have been having and one just today. So they're still trying to fill that last spot, which um, we're glad they are because obviously we want to win in the now. Um, we'll, and we'll talk about some of those guys, but. I mean, with the team's been talking about 2023 endlessly. There's a lot of guys we're in on. We'll get to another one we were in on or have been in on recently that I, it would stink having to try to wait to land a 2023 guy. Um, like I said, because with what scholarship to offer, like, you know, we could offer him still and know that he can just take Jawan's next year. So the process can be, like I said, in the middle of the season or kind of like how Cade's was or at the end and not have to wait, obviously, or next offseason. So a lot of, a lot of, avenues to go inside with 2023 but knowing that uh, and obviously people could leave we could have another one enter the portal or anything you know eligibility is obviously up for some people as well depending so a lot of that that's down the road more but knowing in the now Noah that final spot would have to be filled clearly and you're right a Jawan and Dalton off the bench knowing that Dalton is handled the ball and can score and rely on his defense Jawan next to him would be a nice offensive uh I'm not, not a sidekick, but a whatever next adult and along with whoever else we bring up. I would like Troy starting as well, but I don't think that'll be the case knowing if we add somebody else. But definitely the potential is there. We have a lot of options now. I mean, adding a score like this helps, and that means he can score just about the same or better clearly than a, ben, than a healthy Ben Harvey. So we're wishing we could get something on Ben to know if he's staying or not because Jawan would fill his Ben's role perfectly. Um so some quotes here from Brian. He said, Juwan has proven over the last couple of years in this league that he has a dynamic player who can score at all three levels. What separates him from many others is his ability to be a two-way player. He's a great defender who embraces the challenge on that end. Juwan's, they had a video about him. We haven't yet to see this. They literally posted all this, especially on Twitter. It's been on the app for a while, but on Twitter a couple minutes before we started here. But some stuff from that video, he said, I've been double, I've been doubted my whole career out of high school. I didn't have any offers. And luckily, Evansville took a chance on me. I still feel like I'm doubted. I let my game do the talking. I know what kind of player I am and what I bring to the table. They mentioned how he had a lot of success uh, in high school because we mentioned, yeah, UTEP was in on him, hometown. 
just crazy because we know Mario McKinney's headed there. You said Malik Zachary. We know Chris. They were a top three finalist for Chris Payton, so they were trying to do something here. And then Brian said, winning is all Jawan talks about, and that's what I love. I have tremendous respect for uh, Coach Licklider, his program in this league. The Valley has proven teams in this league, can beat anyone in the country, and that is because there's really good players in the league. Uh, no, I'll let you have some final thoughts on uh, Jawan here that um, – Clearly, yeah, being in, being in Evansville, we're familiar with him, and he mentioned his defense there. I was, I was just talking about it before we read the quote, that we can count on this on this kid, barring health, and that's the biggest thing, barring health. Like I said, I mean, it's seasons in November. He could be there for in the summer and work his way to getting 100% healthy. You know, I think he could be a, such a good, obviously, add. What are your final thoughts on him? Yeah, this is a really good get. I mean, it's a veteran leader on – if he comes off the bench, it's that – punch we need with Dalton Banks and hopefully with uh, Foster making that next step and the other guys we're going to bring off this Brent, Trent Brown as well. Uh, so uh, this is a good get. I like it. Um, I, I expect us to use that final piece, find, hopefully find us a wing. Um, or maybe, I mean, go along if we rolled over the next year. Um, so we have a spot for sure. Um, well, we'll have Jawan's spot, but another spot we can bring in two guys um, next year as well, um, pending on more if anybody else wants to uh, use their extra eligibility elsewhere um, for those couple of guys. But uh, good get, veteran leader. Um, like Brian, Brian says, he wants to win, and we know he's battle-tested in the Valley, so he knows what to expect. Yeah, I think it'll be really good ad. Um, and you're right. I mean, I think they have to keep adding, like just seeing what other teams are doing, but just knowing that you're going to be outside of adding it, which Xavier and now Jawan add, because we said on the last one that you got to replace Cash's 11 points production. Kyler's granted two points. And then now Steven's six points and maybe no Ben Harvey again. Like guys have to step up. You're right. You said some freshmen there. Hopefully you're in the fold. And, you know, Jawan's 13 points and Xavier's eight. We've already reached the um, the cash points per game. We definitely need to add somebody else, I think, as well. Whether, it, But obviously it would have to be a bench piece unless it's some center who comes out of nowhere. But, Jay, we know JD's well in the fold. You mentioned eligibility. That means for him, if he were to use his extra year elsewhere, we know Lance and Marcus, the potential is there for them, but hopefully we're thinking that they won't. Next year is honestly up in the air. Just in, obviously, and we want to win starting next year. So hopefully we use that extra spot. So we'll dive, like I said, we'll dive into some other interests that we've had recently. Maybe some that could fill that. Definitely even another one that came out like recently that we'll discuss could fill a spot. Uh, now, no, as we know, um, we talked about how the main account had the, the honorable mention top plays and the top plays from 10 to 6. And we, and we tried to uh, predict what 5-3-1 would be. And we were about, what, three-fifths right. We recall that uh, – well, we'll just jump into my JD, uh, number five was JD's Valpo dunk. We remember the putback he had against Illinois State was a great putback. We thought it was obviously better than the one, whatever number it was, 10 through 6. No, this dunk against Valpo was – we know we throttled them at home – he just got it, Noah, a simple pass. And I remember just Sheldon Edwards was on the ground. If you watch it, I mean, it was pretty powerful dunk. I'm sure, obviously, when we were there seeing it live, it was crazy nice. But 
kind of underwhelming for this spot, but no fifth. I mean, that's that's okay, I guess. Yeah, most definitely. Um, it was. Uh, I remember being there, seeing that dunk. It was a powerful dunk, but uh, yeah, I thought his Illinois State putback was better. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it was all right. Uh, I'm not sure how they voted on this, but uh, four. It was choice and one corner three to put us up four within uh, with one minute left at Indiana State. That was a huge play. Um, thought it could be a little higher, but those uh, we had some good plays above that. Just un- we knew this one was going to make it. It's unreal just thinking back. One minute left, up one, had to get and It was early in the shot. No, was it late or early it was, in the shot? Clock? We had just taken the timeout, so it was late. That's right, because Lance's three didn't count because of the timeout. And then, right? Gosh. Whatever whatever specifics of that. But just knowing that we know Troy can make threes, and he did this season, but he just pulled, and it was huge. And he he missed the free throw, I'm pretty sure. Didn't he? Some of these specifics, I can't even think. I think he missed free throw, yeah. So, I don't think he was able to finish it, but obviously huge play. Knew this one was going to be on there. Number three, Noah Cash's putback. Obviously, this and we knew at, at that moment. We know they'd come out with top plays, but we just knew in general it was one of the biggest plays of the year. Um, the same about Cash and how we're going to miss Cash, but hopefully we can obviously, like I said, make up his production. But, no, that putback was huge. Like I said, another uh, butt whooping we put on a team at home. We were good at home this year for the most part outside of some games, but um, they were supposed to on senior night, and that capped off a great night. Yeah, it was a, it was a, we knew this athleticism, he could, he's, he's willing and capable of something like that. And, uh, yeah, he just had, he had little reaction to the play. I just remember him talking about it after the game. Um, he had the putback, but uh, I think it led into an Illinois State timeout. Uh, I think, it, I think Lance Jones got a little smile at him at the other end when he jogged back down, but, uh, it was an incredible, incredible putback. One of the, uh, best put, putbacks I've seen in person in a long time. Uh, two, I mean, you, you both of us forgot about this one, but obviously seeing the play, we remember it now. Uh, Lance Lance's acrobatic and one against Valpo. Um, it was an incredible play late in that game. Um, that game should not came down to the wire like it did, but incredible play by Lance. Yeah, Alcorn gave us a scare, we recall. Um... But that was in – I mean, obviously, we talk about their HBCU. They played some incredible teams that year. And it was a game after – obviously, I don't have the schedule in front of me. It was, it was a game after I think we killed SEMO or it was a game after we – or was it when we got back from the tournament? I don't recall, but we definitely forgot about it. it how, he, how he penetrated the end of the shot clock, it kind of been near the end of the game when it was tied, I believe, or whatever it was, and he got that and one. He just threw it up there as we know he can. Uh, I don't know if I would have – I mean, it was huge. And obviously, like, I would – and top plays is different than knowing, like – because the Indiana State Troy three was huge. And we know the on the 10 through 6, Lance's, uh, you know, great finishes against – like, that was just a big game. Not really for seeding at that time. I know Indiana State was behind us a little bit. But knowing that we wanted to end the season on high notes, in terms of game importance with those plays, this one really didn't matter. But I will – Obviously, we didn't want to lose to an Alcorn State, so I guess that's where it would it would go. Maybe a little too high, but it was definitely a nice play. And then, number one, of course, overwhelmingly the game winner 
that Marcus had over Noah Frederick, which is the play we know we've been seeing all year. It didn't work, whether it barely get a shot or a shot off twice against Drake, and then sometimes it didn't work either. But no, that one worked to a T. We know Marcus was killing Noah Frederick really in his career, definitely this season, and that was the start of it this this season. But no, that was he got the perfect separation on that spinner and. Like I said, the deed was done. Incredible play. Overwhelming, number one. Yeah, it's it's like Marcus talked about. That's going in the offseason last year, he had to find a shot uh, that he could get over anybody, and uh, he worked on that. That's been his move now. Uh, he's spinning baseline. Um, wish he could have got off a couple more like that and a couple uh, late-game decisions uh, this year, but uh, big time play. Yeah, the only one uh, we took a guess on it last pod that um, we thought they would use as a tie, maybe for one of these uh, the 1,000 point scoring moments of Lance and Marcus did not make it. Um, but a really good top 10 list and honorable mentions. Yeah, I think that, that they should have done a tie with that because, like I said, the Alcorn was good, probably a little too high. Uh, and yeah, thinking about how Marcus did have those shots multiple other times, and that's how he was used all year, backing guys up and making a play, whether it was a pass or anything. It's just crazy that we should have seen more success with that, that he was able to take advantage of, because he got even more favorable matchups, maybe at times when he had those opportunities than just Frederick King. But Frederick King's an adequate defender, nothing like Marcus can't handle. So yeah. Pretty good top 10. If we were making it, it'd be interesting to see how it would be. But um, we're glad they did that. Like content like this in the offseason is what we need. Because I don't know. We, we've gotten stuff like this in the past, but it was good to see that. So now I know a segue into more new transfers that we're interested in since the last pod. There's only two. Um, uh, and then obviously we did retweet a 2023 interest. Garb will talk, to, talk about at the end. But no, let's start with those transfers. One that happened literally five minutes before we went on to do this yeah an interesting one and fits the mold exactly what we want uh has three years of eligibility um, that i can tell alex anderson a 6-6 forward out of memphis uh tennessee played for south alabama this year he averaged 6.2 points a game and 3.3 rebounds um teams like tulsa smu and umass in on him along with a bunch of others um he, that's that's the guy we're type of guy we're looking for uh, at his size, and uh, with the eligibility he has it would be a really good get. Yeah, he's got perfect size. He weighs uh, yeah one eighty five. We went back to see what his game log was as well. He had kind of the same kind of spurt as Xavier did at times. He had a stretch of 10, 13, 11, 12, 13, 7, and twelve. Then it was sporadic throughout the rest of the year. He had 10, though, in their final game in the basketball classic semis against Coastal Carolina when they lost by one in overtime. So uh, I've been, I've been, obviously, like I said, it just happened before we went on here. I want to go back and look at uh, some video film of him and see how he plays. But uh, we mentioned how Jawan can rebound for his size. Alex only at 6'6, six, six, three rebounds a game. But I think he had, when South Alabama, uh, Quality team, obviously, we'll get to somebody that we've been in on that went there. Uh, his leading score on his team was had 15. Uh, but, yeah, the fact that he's got size, he played in every game. I think he was one of two players on the team to play in every game. Uh, 
and then, yeah, getting about 25 minutes a game and doing that. So he was just on a team with a lot more alphas. We know we have some here, but I think this guy should shoot towards the top because of the range of skills he has in his size. Um, like I said, we want to watch video on to get more, and obviously it's not official, officially going to happen, just a new one. that, Like we said, we know that the team's in on more people. And Tulsa, SMU, and UMass, I mean, those are quality teams, Tulsa, SMU, and the American. So SMU's got a lot of holes to fill from this past season, but no, I know I like this a lot. So he's one of let's, let's dive into that second one. And the second one. Yeah. It's a, it's a position. We didn't think we would add. We've been after a couple uh, this off season. Uh, Munir Ema, I would pronounce it six eleven center uh, from Duquesne. Uh, he saw, he saw action in 21 games this year and uh in the final uh, five, he started or he, 21 games starts in the final five of the season. Uh, this one's kind of a head scratcher. Um, I would pass. I mean, at his size, you would think you'd shoot a high percentage. He only shot 42% from the field. Uh, teams like UIC, Louisiana Tech, and Weber State are in on him. Um, just not look, just not really what we're looking for. I mean, if we had, a, if we needed a big and get like, this would be like a almost. I remember someone talking about it in the group chat, but in like a dang league body, uh, we would add to this program. But I just see no need at this point. No, and that's why because we know Trey James, who we know went to Robert Morris, and then you add in this kid. It's like, why is it? Yeah, why is the interest there? A lot of eligibility, and he posted tape of himself. He's a he can actually hit the jump shot. We know JD can hit a jump shot. It's not pretty, and he doesn't shoot it well. Clearly. Great shot blocker. Yeah, he does have Ding Lee looks 100%. It's interesting how – because we know J.D., for example, just guys that we have and guys that we're going to have coming in, we switch a lot. We can have – you know, the centers we have can switch onto a one or a two just to stay in front. We know J.D.'s footwork and blah, blah, blah. This guy actually obviously can't do that. And a lot of schools are in on him. He played in 21 of their 30 games. And I'm going to look at his season total, see how many total blocks he had uh 21 which let yes but that wasn't even tops on his team you know who led his team in blocks trey williams indiana yep. state former 54 i mean that's a lot we know jd i don't even remember what he had 21 though he just didn't play in a whole lot he didn't get a whole lot of minutes it would be a head scratcher for sure it just seems random if it were to happen it's like where do you fit like with Cade, scotty and jd he doesn't fit and troy is a big so i don't think we're gonna land that one but obviously the interest is there oddly so those are the only two uh, recent interests. No, let's talk about that because we obviously kind of were in a rush to finish last time. We'll dive into some other 2023 ones that we didn't dive into a whole lot more, but no, this this recent one that we retweeted a couple of days ago. Yeah, it's uh, one. Um, his name is – he's a guard, Luther Smith. Uh, teams like Drake, Illinois State, South Dakota State, Appalachian State, uh, Austin P, Valpo. Um, a lot of teams in on this kid. Um, he's a teammate with uh, R.J. Taylor, I believe. Is this the one? I can't remember. One of the 2023 guys we we are in on is a teammate with R.J. Taylor. I don't know if it's him or not. I don't know. It's not this kid, but Luther Smith. He's from Hamilton, Wisconsin. Um, don't know a lot about him. Haven't seen. Him. He's a six-one guard. Uh. He only holds one offer from uh, Louisiana Monroe right now. So uh, a lot of guys, just another 2023 guard to add of our list that we've been looking at. 
Yeah, and he's six one. Like I said, this, this just got brought to our attention. Couple the Evan Flood tweet about out of Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, it'd be something worth on. We just talked about how we could fill a spot for twenty twenty three because they've been talking about it a lot. And we haven't yet, so we're thinking that they will, and it might because we know we have a young core, and it, even obviously it's getting to the point with Marcus and Lance that you know time's dwindling on those guys and the you know the core guys, but. Obviously, they're going to have to transition into a new era with players at some point. So it'll be interesting. And he adds to that list. We talk about Richard Barron, who Illinois State was in on, along with other ones. Current offers, Richard Barron, us, Toledo, Loyola, George Mason, Milwaukee, Kent State, and DePaul. Really good school. Says a two-way player, 6'4", out of St. Ignatius and Mean Streets. Uh, big body kid. I mean, he you watch his tape. He can get to the rim when he wants. He has a nice jump shot. And then we remember – we didn't talk about him a whole lot and obviously scrolling to find us talking about Chip Brunt, him and Dallas Roberts are teammates. Um, and he had a visit, unofficial visit, Chip Brunt. We haven't seen anything about it. He hadn't posted anything or anything, just some more 2023 guys to mention that we hadn't got into. We know the Rubin brothers, two guys that if we were to add 2023, it'd be both of them. Those are two that we want badly. We know other Valley teams and other players are in it. We talked about how Drew Valentine only offered one of them. Um, Hopefully they're a package deal. So they're they're the main two we think we would eye for that year. We barely talked about them before, but those are ones, like I said, other ones as well. So keeping out for those 2023 ones. And I know let's dive into some here, some that on our thread that we were interested in. One you were talking about last time was maybe your top one. Let's dive into these three that have went elsewhere recently. Yeah, uh, the most recent one was uh, Max Klesmit, a guard of Wofford. Um, has a lot of eligibility. He's headed back home uh, to his home state to play for Wisconsin. So uh, we weren't really in on him very much. I know we had contacted him. Uh, so he's headed back home to play for uh, Dylan Penn. Um, ended up at a really good school. Uh, the Catamounts out of Vermont. Uh, always in the NCAA tournament of America East, it feels like. Uh, Really, he's a he's the Bellamine transfer. Really thought he would end up at a Power Five school. Um, he's from Evansville, so it's not like he's headed back out from out east to play it closer to home. I uh, thought that was a surprising one. Then, yeah, the one I was high on, Owen White. Um, he's headed to play for South Alabama. So uh, interesting to see. Yeah. And it- Jeff Goodman and some national people were tweeting about Owen White. So that's the kind of impact he had at that level, one of the top D2 players and going to South Alabama where Alex Anderson is coming from. Uh, so that that was a weird place for him to go. We know Oakland, Coastal Carolina, stuff we talked about ran on him. So he settled for South Alabama. Uh, he would have been a great ad for sure. Like I said, national people talking about him, that's a big deal. Uh, now Noah will dive into uh, – some Valley news. Obviously there's been some, some other news, some commits clearly one I forgot to add to the script. That's huge that we found out about also that Thursday. Um, no, let's dive into, let's dive into him first. And then we'll obviously go into some of these players that have been added to the Valley. Let's, well, let's dive in actually, sorry, to the news first of Isaiah Mosley. Um, we're not sure. We know he was in the NBA waters and dive into if that, if he's still doing that or if he's now officially in the portal, and definitely not going to go back to Missouri State. Yeah, he is still in those NBA waters, um, but it came out the uh, yesterday 
Um, some schools have contacted them, and those schools are a list of DePaul, Kansas, Duke, Mississippi State, Texas, Louisville, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech. Um, he's still in the NBA waters, but uh, if he wants to come back, I'd, I'd go to play at one of those schools for a year, then go to the league. Yeah, and it's not surprising. He is one of the top transfers on the market now. As we figured and seeing Kansas and teams, he's going to be one of those, I hope, that follows Antonio's route. That man, I can't pass up these schools. And he's obviously got the scoring enough to do that. We know we fall or just see things about Kentucky being, you know, people being high on Antonio's scoring going in there that Isaiah could definitely go in somewhere. Yeah, he should know in, and we'll, we'll dive into immediately next of another player Missouri State added. Definitely should not come back. It's almost like they either knew is like, okay, if you're going pro, okay, if you're coming back, though, we're already replacing you, you know, an all-time Valley player, and they're doing a really good job in replacing him. But, yeah, it should definitely go bigger if, if he does and comes out of the NBA waters, which I'm thinking he would. But his peak at this level is now, if he were to come go to one of those schools, like I said, you cut mid-major or D2 – averages not totally in half for the for the mid-major guys but he won't score anywhere near 20 if he goes to Kansas so uh, he can maybe score 10 to 15 so it's like your peak now you go to the NBA and you take the risk of coming back to college being on winning programs but your own production could take a hit so we'll we'll follow Isaiah and what he does those are big schools in on him Noah let's talk about the another another ad Missouri State just had recently yeah, and I'd say this is the uh, biggest get yet for Dana Ford and staff. Uh, 6'8", 205-pound forward, former four-star, 78th in the 2020 class, highly recruited out of Milwaukee. Uh, James Graham the third um, from Maryland. I mean, this is what they we've been looking if they're going to add a big man. Um, so uh, crazy that what Dana Ford's doing there. Um, I know a lot of people are, are uh, don't like Dana Ford for what he, the way he's doing it, things, but um, he's revamped that roster over the off season. I know they've probably pushed some guys out, but he's just over recruiting guys, and that happens at this state of college basketball. Yeah, I know, and no one's ever questioned Dana's ability to get players. That's why we literally speaking of Isaiah, we knew. Uh, getting him at the time, knowing he was a four-star. Like, how the heck did he do that? And he paved the way for him, Noah, because you're right. That's what Wyatt Wheeler said, that it's probably the biggest gift they would have yet. They apparently had a great relationship with Dana Ford and Sheldon Everett. Uh, He said they showed him a lot of film on Isaiah to sell him on what he could do in a Bears uniform, which is crazy. And it was narrowed down to Missouri State and who? Uh, Two schools in on him at the end. Yeah, I can't remember the other, though. But, yeah, he, I mean, just like I said, it adds, and we don't have to go over the teams again. We will down the down the road, but just know that they are just deep, and it's surprising how they can add this much depth of really talented players and how they'll make it work. Uh, humongous get, though. So they're doing their thing, clearly, and that's why we said, you know, Juwan's great to add scoring. If we add another one, we got to obviously try to pick away at trying to, you know, look to beat clearly a team like that. So – no, like I said, there was another one that landed in the Valley, one that we wanted really bad, and it's from the St. Louis area. I mean, this, this, this utterly shocked us as well. We were playing golf and got surprised with this one as well. Discuss who the Redbirds added recently. Yeah, 6'5 guard, uh, Transis, uh, Kansas State 
transfer, Luke Kazabuke. Uh, we followed this kid through high school, watched him play at many tournaments, uh, played at Chaminade, who's produced so much good talent. Um, a lot of NBA players. Yeah, this guy went to Kansas State. Um, his final three at a high school, I believe it was uh, Kansas State, Salu, and uh, Loyola. I thought he should have went. He, he's going to be a really good Valley player. I, I know Kansas State, looking at playing in the Big 12 is a really cool thing, but I always felt like he's the type of player that needs to be just a star at the a really good mid-major school. Now he's headed to Illinois State, and we get to deal with him for a little bit. Yeah, it's just shocking how um, obviously he's closer to home and, you know, Ryan Peden obviously has probably some ties or could sell him on whatever. Uh, he said that he knew Luke for some time now as they recruited him coming out of high school while he was at Ohio State. Yeah, first off, Luke is a winner. He's a four-star letterman, as we know, at Chaminade. And just think about how SLU definitely could have been an option for him. Uh, and you're right. If he Kansas State was probably a little too big. We know he was an elite. Like you said, we watched him a lot saw him play a lot. Uh, it was Kansas State under Bruce and in general in the Big 12, which are, has won the last two natties, and they're the best conference in college basketball right now, that it's tough for him to go and be really good there. And Kansas State fans were honestly glad that he was gone, apparently. So, uh, but obviously, that's for there. And if you can't play well at the Big 12, it's understandable. Yeah, he'll come in here and be great. Yeah, we can say he'll be an all-newcomer member along with four-fifths of the, uh, the new Missouri State players, potentially. So. So, yeah, Ryan Peden knew him. There's a whole article on him. Illinois State had they just posted about him officially an hour ago. So that is a heartbreaking one that caught us big time off guard. And we will have to <clears throat> we'll have to deal with him, unfortunately. So we'll see how that plays out. Noah, let's let's add into uh, dive into uh, what other Valley teams have added recently. Yeah, uh, I don't think we've discussed him yet, but Missouri State also uh, added Kendall Moore, a six foot guard. Um, he was on the Colorado State team. He was pretty good. So they added him. So uh, I think they are done. They've added, uh, by my count, six transfers, I believe, and they got three freshmen coming in. So they've added a lot of talent. Um, they're going to be very good. Um, but Isaac Haney's in Northwestern State, right? We wanted to get that out there as well. Yeah, he, 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 all their guys that's left have ended up there so far so three guys or four guys and one of their freshmen decommitted so four guys have ended up at northwestern state so that uh, assistant must have been a lead recruiter for dana but um he's doing just fine without him it looks like um but yeah uh siku sada kale i would say a six cent sophomore out of akron is headed to evansville um he didn't play a lot for Akron. Um, this is a – I mean, Licklider's slowly but surely lost his whole team, but um, he's adding a decent – he's adding – putting together a decent squad over there. Um, I wish they would just go ahead and get rid of him, but um, a decent pickup for the Valley team over in Evansville. That's going to be at the bottom of the Valley this year. Yeah, and I think obviously, yeah, you're right. He only played in six games this past year, two points a game out of Louisville. But say he's 6'10", and I think in general, if you're that big, you are you could end up being worried. We know uh, Brian Trimble's gone and at uh, Missouri State as well. So, they, yeah, they've lost players. Um, 
and that, that's a little bit noteworthy. You're right. I think he's he's slowly but slowly but surely, yes, added a, a team that we hopefully shouldn't have to worry about clearly. And obviously, when Jawan plays, and maybe he'll drop a lot of points on him. But uh, which, by the way, Shamar Gibbons, he's still out there. He has not signed anywhere. We remember teams that were in on him. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any, any status on him or anything. Have not seen any status on him. Um, he still is out there. Um, okay. I would like to. I mean, obviously, we got a Evans guard. I didn't. I would like. I know. I think we maybe reached out to Shamar, but nothing official. Um, but he is still out there. But looking elsewhere, uh, UIC added Toby Okani, another another Duquesne transfer, six eight. Uh, UIC's starting, like I said about Evansville. I mean, they're lot Yaklich up there. He's putting a heck of a team together. A lot of athletic guys. Uh, getting ready to for the valley because though the valley is a different breed, it's you can't, it's not like the Horizon League or, or the OVC. These teams coming from the OVC, so uh, he's putting together a pretty good team up there as well. Yeah, he is, and he kind of does the same thing Dennis Gates does. We'll post something before they like get some kind of big news, and this was there. This kid's a freak. I mean, his profile picture between the legs dunks, he's a monster. Yeah, that size, 6'8", 200, that's a problem. I mean, that'd be – I mean, that's barely shorter than centers on our team. So, outside of Cade, if you count him just with his size. But, yeah, four points, four rebounds, and played in every game for them. So, he's – UIC, it seems like – I mean, why does it seem like they're doing better since they've left? And that's honestly what we've said. They're going to a better conference. They can land better players. We know Lockich is a really good recruiter and coach. So, um, so yeah, so that's a big one, Noah. Uh, any other big ones before we move on here? Or yeah, the, Murray State added one. Yeah, they added one today. He visited there this this uh, past weekend. Six uh, eight big man from uh, D two out of Queens, uh, North Carolina. Jamari Smith, uh, like I said, six eight forward, shot over forty percent from three, and averaged eighteen points a game. So uh, Prom just put his staff together, and uh, they're starting to put. Put a good a good athletic team just like UIC. So uh, I don't think the racers are headed anywhere yet. No, and I think Belmont, they're kind of watching all the fun UIC and Murray are having currently. We know Belmont's going to be competitive still, but uh, they're falling third coming in the conference in terms of adding and getting better. So, Noah, any more before we wrap this thing up? Yeah, speaking of Belmont, I think they added a 2023 guy the other day. And uh, Wynn Miller, I mean, uh, a 2023 guard out of Alabama. Uh, so uh, they prioritized him early as a, a freshman. It paid off, so they just got him off. He's holding some – they're holding – they held off some high major schools and interest in them. So another Belmont-type guard, uh, Casey Alexanders, gets it done again. For sure. So there's that. Those are the most notable ones. We know there's also interests other Valley teams are in on, and depending upon if they land them, we'll cover them. It's pretty much all to cover. Obviously, we know with the new commitment today, we definitely wanted to talk about Juwan. And uh, obviously, knowing we have one spot left and some new interests still, one we were in on today, hopefully we can land somebody like him, Noah. So, Juwan, we're looking forward to adding his scoring. If he can get 100%, like we said, it was kind of an injury scare. We're curious. So, that'll all be a wait and see. They wouldn't recruit him if they knew he was. This isn't like a case of emergency ad because of Steven. Like, I, I really hope that he could be – uh, everybody go go to his Instagram and stuff. He posts highlights if you want to get more familiar familiarized with him. But he's really good. No, I, I'm I'm really excited to see what he can do healthy. So, what are your final thoughts? Yeah, it's a it's a good 
like I said earlier, good veteran get. Uh, if he's going to be that spark plug off the bench, he's going to be another veteran guy, especially when we're going to have younger guys coming off the bench this year and your backup big and Scotty Abube and your come incoming freshman if he plays at all and Kate Hornecker. Dalton's a younger guard. We know he struggled in the tournament last year. That moment was kind of too big for him almost. So having a veteran like that, then Foster wonders. Then you have another veteran, Trent Brown, and if Ben Harvey's healthy, that's a really starting to put together a really solid bench and help us out scoring because that's our big our biggest problem um, so far in the Brian Mullins era. Not a lot of scoring. Um, we know the first year was kind of high on the higher end of scoring Brian's style. But, uh, yeah, this is a big get. Excited. Like to see what we do. Um, expect it to happen in a week or so, I would say. Uh, they want to get this done. I know next week's the last week of school, so should see something here soon. You're right. And uh, I think they would want to definitely – uh, get it done soon for sure. And we know, like we said, Sunday was the deadline. So we know we're not having anybody else leave. Just seeing Steven leave was uh, just blindsided. But um, for sure, we, we are kind of building up to have a quality team. It's just adding that other one now to uh, to keep, obviously, sustain and get better. I'd say so far we've gotten better. I mean, losing Kyler Cash and Steven, I don't know if that would, that would outweigh or not be as good as a Juwan and Xavier. I think they're almost even, and Steven obviously makes it to where it's even. It would have been lopsided in X and Juwan's favor if Steven had left. I'd say it's about even. Our next ad should be, you know, make that pretty lopsided in that favor. So, yeah, that'll be the next time we talk to you guys, our next ad, barring any other breaking news, which that is that will be the design breaking news. DMs are still open for mailbags, which we keep, we keep putting that off. We have a couple. We want to get some more we'll do down the road. So, uh, looking forward to talking or seeing you guys and talking about everything SIU with you guys next time. I'm Mick Malone. No alerts. As always, go dogs.